if you'll permit me tonight to turn to the book of Habakkuk, the Old Testament, chapter 3. I'm going to pull a verse from the writings of this Old Testament prophet. And I want to talk to you for just a few moments about it. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse number 4. And it's speaking of God. Verse 3 is such a wonderful verse. I've never preached from it, but I'm going to one of these days. The Bible said God came from Teman. That spoke of the place of his power. And the Holy One from Mount Paran, which was the place of his purpose. So God left his power and his place of purpose so he could come and minister to me and to you. That's how awesome God is. But that's not my message tonight. Just forget that and act like you've never heard that when I preach it next time. Verse number 4 said, And his brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of his head, of his hand, and there was the hiding of his power. Everybody say, and there. And there, wherever that is. I don't believe he was referencing the horns that were in his hand, the bright lights. Perhaps he was going all the way back to verse 3. But there was a place. There was a hiding of God's power. And I want to talk to you for a few moments tonight about the saving grace of God's hidden power. The saving grace of God's hidden power. Everybody said amen. God bless you. Turn and high five somebody. Don't miss and hit them in the face and tell them they look awesome in the house of God tonight. Amen. Praise God. Now, I know some of you were tempted to do that. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This old day that we live in can become a wearying thing. And when you look around at life as it is, sometimes it becomes discouraging until you go to the Word of God. And every time I have gone to the Word, I have always found what I have needed for that moment and for moments to come. Many of the things that the Lord has given me have been hidden things, things that did not come at the first reading, but they came with meditation and they came with considering the Word of God. I, I believe that perhaps that's one of the great secrets of the ages and living an overcoming life is allowing the Word of God to settle in your life and become part of you on a daily basis so that that Word can speak to you over and over again and it is in that continual speaking, it is in that word coming back again and again that we find and discover the hidden gems and the hidden things that 
God had there all the time, but he, he, doesn't, he doesn't show that to the casual observer. There are a lot of people that will pick up this Bible and they will read it and say, so what? So what? History tells of a nation, a Jewish people, a race, tells something about God, tells something about Jesus. It tells something about a New Testament church, but what, what of that? The reason that they can say what of that and the reason that the Word of God does not mean any more to them than any other history book or any other book of literature is because they have never allowed that Word to just sink down in their heart and allow their spirit to, uh, to meditate and to think upon that Word. And it is in that meditation and it is in that rumination, if you would allow me to use that terminology, it is allowing that word to saturate our being that it suddenly unfolds to us the mystery or the secret that was hidden there in plain sight but not seeable to the naked eye. It takes an eye of the Spirit. And I am... I am amazed at how the Lord will at times take a verse of Scripture that we have read many, many times. Some of them are verses that we have memorized and we know them word for word. We don't even have to turn. We know what page it is on our Bible. And we can quote that word, but it's in a certain circumstance and it's in a certain setting that that word suddenly comes alive and we see in it things that we've never seen before. When we look around us, nature is engulfed with the wonders of His power. It doesn't take a brilliant person, an intelligent person to figure out that there was an awesome mystery. There was an awesome power behind all of this. Even the atheists that try to declare that it is only a law, the law of nature. My question is, who made the law? If it's just a law of nature, there was behind the law a lawgiver. And everywhere that we look, especially in the spring of the year, we begin to see the wonders and the power of God's handiwork. Nature is flush with the wonders of God and millions of things upon the surface of the earth are seen by human eye and beauty is scattered everywhere about us. And I am thankful for that. I am glad the Lord did not make us all live in a desert, but He allowed us to live in a place where there's green trees and grass and and birds and animals and all of the things of nature and the wonder of seeing it transform itself in a matter of weeks from dead, lifeless-looking branches to those that are flourishing with blooms and buds that are promising that there is something coming that you are going to be blessed by. I'm thankful that God is a God of great power and He can reveal those things to us. But there are things that are concealed in the earth and within nature. Things that are rich for the service of humanity and for our good. There are things in the earth and in life 
that have to be dug out. They're not on the surface. You don't just walk by and pick them up. You have to dig for them to find them. Those are the best things of life. Not the things that come easily, but the things that come from struggle and sweat and tears. The things that we whine about the most and cry over having to get up and do this or do that or dig here or dig there. The reality is what we discover in our digging is worth more than the effort that we had to put in to the digging. God has made it so that you will never be disappointed in what you find in Him. You will never be disappointed in what you discover when you take the time to dig into the things of God. Gold and coal and oil and diamonds, they have to be gone for. They have to be searched out. They have to be dug out. They have to be drilled for. They have to be discovered by sweat and tears and labor. Life itself is an example of my text tonight. With all of the discoveries of mankind as it regards life, after centuries of men and women working, brilliant minds that have put themselves to understanding, you would think that in the century that we live in where technology is everywhere and there are advances that literally blow the mind. Years ago when they would do surgery, they would cut you from stem to stern. Today they can do major surgery by making an incision about that long and inserting an instrument and a camera and they can do marvels today. But I can tell you that there is no doctor there is no scientist, there is no brilliant mind that when you come and ask him what is the secret of life that they can put their finger on one thing and say this is the secret of life because it explains to us how we find in life those hidden things. But to explain life, they stumble and they fall because there are some things that are hidden. There are some things that are too hard to understand. The hidden represents all that you and I don't know or understand about life. It is the veil, the mysterious. And it is evident from it all that God likes to hide. The longer that I live and the more that I experience life, the more I learn just how much God enjoys hiding things. Not to frustrate me. Not to aggravate me. Not to tick me off. Not to make me bad. But to make me better. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll take a Baptist nod right now, folks. All right. I'm laboring right now, but I'm going to labor through. But you know what? God hides for a reason. He hides the power in the moving current. He hides the medicine in the herb. He hides the fuel that is needed for warmth to propel our world in the earth. God Himself, robed in flesh, 
even hid himself among the lowly. The light of the world, the redeemer of the ages, the savior of all. He didn't come to the seat of power. He didn't prance into Rome or, or go into Greece, the place of learning. He didn't go to the seat of commerce in Ephesus. He didn't go to the seat of the learned. But he came into a lowly village of Galilee. He came to a city of nothingness. And there he came to all of us in that, that setting that was so surreal and so wonderful. And as strange as it may sound, he hides things for our good. Amen. He really does. He hides things for our good. He hides tomorrow for our good. He's, I said he hides tomorrow for our good. When we look back over our lives and we recall all of the bitterness of suffering, we recall the hours of tears and sorrow, when we look back over our lives and see the empty chair, we view the coffin and different things that go on in life, one feels profoundly that had we known ahead of time, we would not have been able to bear the weight we would not have been able to live through the moment, but because God hid tomorrow. He said, my grace is sufficient unto thee. My grace is sufficient for the day. My grace will get you through the now. But tomorrow, I'm not going to tell you about it because you can't handle tomorrow now. So I just want you to understand that you need to learn how to live in your now. You need to learn how to live right now enjoying the blessings of God. I don't know what tomorrow holds. It may be the crash of our economy and it may be the failure of your family. But whatever tomorrow holds, God's grace is sufficient and God's hand is on tomorrow what I want to learn how to do is trust the hiding power of God so that when I don't know what tomorrow holds I know who holds tomorrow praise God somebody ought to lift your hand and just thank him that he has not shown you all of your tomorrows life is difficult as it is but imagine just imagine this young couple standing here on the platform. Everything's decorated beautifully. They've got the arch. There's love in the eye. There's emotion that are going high. Everything is perfect and in order. And they come strolling down this middle aisle with sparkles and twinkles. And they come and stand here at this altar and they make some serious commitments to themselves and to each other and to everybody else. I'm going to love him in sickness or in health. I'm going to stand beside him whether it's good or bad. I'm going to do for her all that I can to make her life happy. But I'm telling you right now that if that sweet little bride saw all the dishes she was going to have to wash and all the dirty diapers she was going to have to change and all the mess she was going to have to deal with in her life, she would never say, I do. And if that man only knew what it was like to live in the house of a brawling woman, if he only knew ahead of time what it was like to live in a place where all they do is gripe, 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 he'd never say, I do. But God hid tomorrow. He said, you don't need to know about that. What you need to know is that I am God right now, and I will be God tomorrow. And if you 
you'll put your trust in me today. I'll get you through your tomorrow. Hallelujah. I'm going to rejoice in my now. I'm going to shout about my today because God has shown himself true to me in every situation. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Thank you, God, for not letting me see what's coming down the road, but just knowing that you're going to be with me when I get to that journey. Ah, yeah, you're going to be with me when I get to that juncture of life. Praise God. Brother Travis, I remember I'm not going to put you on the spot tonight, but I am, so just get comfortable. I remember when you came to me wanting to go into the military talking to me about all the things they were going to do for him. And I'm looking at him and I'm saying, okay, yeah, great, that's good. But did you think about this? And I remember the, 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 the excitement, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to make him feel bad. I'm just saying there was an excitement there, and I appreciate it. He wanted to serve his country. He wanted to learn some things about life and living, and so he went in. I'm telling you right now, if that recruiter had been honest with you and told you how many times they were going to cuss you out every day and get you up before sunrise and run you all day long with 50 pounds on your back and bring you in dirt tired, let you lay down on the bed about 10 minutes and then come in barking orders to get back up and go out again, you would have never said, I pledge allegiance. But you're a better man tonight because God hid tomorrow. Yeah. God said, you don't need to know all of that. You just need to trust me. Some of us get so worried about what's going to come down the pike. And we get so fired up about politics and all of that. You know what? It really doesn't matter. I'm just telling you. If, if Herod could stay on the throne and not interfere with the birth of Jesus Christ, then whoever God puts back in the White House isn't going to interfere with revival and God's work in the earth. So it doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat, whether you or I like them or we don't like them. God hides tomorrow. He said you don't need to know all of that. God's purpose is never to make life so hard for us that we cannot make it. Only make it hard enough that we depend on Him. <laughs> Lean on Him. Trust Him. It's not that He covers the future and veils tomorrow because He wants to frustrate us. But He sheds on the radiance of tomorrow a hope of promise. And His Word and he says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. I will never leave you nor forsake you. There, my friend, is the hiding of his power. That he would veil tomorrow, but keep me through all of life's experiences. He not only hides tomorrow, but he hides things in experience. He hides things 
inexperience. I don't have that scripture marked, but Romans chapter 5. Let me turn over there and just read that verse of scripture. I don't have that one in my recall button right now. But Romans the 5th chapter and verse number 3 is such a powerful verse. And the Lord began speaking to me about this several months ago actually. And I, I got to looking at it and studying. But in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3 Paul said... Well, first of all, he said, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience. Amen. God hides things in the struggle so that we would gain strength from our adversity. He really does. He hides things from us so that we would trust Him even more. And somebody said, Amen. Amen. We don't know how to become better when we have no troubles, and we don't become better when we have no troubles. If I never had a problem, how would I know that God could solve them? How would I know that faith in God, what it could do? And so through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust my God. Through it all, it's because of the mountain, and it's because of the struggle our life is a struggling process and it will never be anything other than that but our struggle and in our struggle is where God has hidden His strength. Amen. Amen. To struggle on when everything is dark is to find power, His power. It is told that a naturalist one day was observing a cocoon and a and, and the butterfly that was trying to make its exit out of that entombment. And as he stood there watching, struggling with everything that it had, it seemed a losing battle that this butterfly would never emerge because the struggle was too great. There was too much adversity. There was too much against it. And so without thinking... He reached over and picked up a scaffold and he slit the cocoon so that he could allow the butterfly to emerge, which it did. It emerged as a butterfly, but tremendously different than what he was expecting. What he discovered was that when it emerged from that cocoon, that he had helped it escape, there was no color in its wings. No color in its wings. The beauty of the butterfly is found in that struggle that it goes through to get out of that cocoon. And there's nothing about life that's any different. The beauty of my life or your life is found in the struggles that we go through. 
It is the struggle of life that puts color into your life. It is going through those trying times. The strain is oftentimes the mother of the shout. It is the mother of rejoicing, but the struggle is where we find ourselves and we pray, God, get me out of here. God, help me today. Get me over this. Help me to get this behind me. Help me to put this behind me. And the next morning we wake up and we're facing the same problem and we're dealing with the same attitudes and we're dealing and we think, God, come on now. You're not a mean God. You're, you're not a vindictive God. Surely you're not doing this to me on purpose. No, my friend, he is not doing it. He's just trying to teach you that there's a hidden power in that struggle, that there's a beauty that will come to your life that you will not find when everything is going your way. Like I preached to you this morning, the world doesn't need to hear you praise God when everything's going in your way. The world needs to hear you praise God when everything is against you, when everything is going wrong. They need to hear you lift your voice and magnify Him. For that is where the beauty of the church really lies. Amen. He hides things in experiences, things that we have to go through, those painful experiences, those problem of life that's where the power is so quit trying to escape it and live it amen quit trying to escape it you know what i am convinced if we would if we would quit trying to escape what god is taking us through we'd get to our purpose a whole lot quicker amen amen go look at israel First thing, right after the miracle of the Red Sea, what was the first thing that happened to them? They came to a place where there were bitter waters. And what did they do? They were just like people in the year 2012. They started murmuring and complaining, whining and bellying. That was the beginning of miseries. For 40 years, they were going to wander around in a wilderness because they were always complaining about the process that God was taking them through. Instead of just enjoying the journey and saying, God, your strength is sufficient for the day. Your power is sufficient for the now. I know that you have my life in your hands and whatever tomorrow holds, you're going to see me through. And whatever struggle I have to go through today, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do my best to struggle on. I'm going to do my best to lift my hands. It may be a pain. I may feel weak in my body and I feel feel like giving up and going home. But you know what? I made up my mind a long time ago. I never gain anything by quitting. I never gain anything by going home. I only gain when I stand my ground and say, come on, devil, give me your best shot. Come on, life, hit me as hard as you want to hit me. But you're not going to knock me out and you're not going to knock me down that I can't get back up from. I've decided that God is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. Perhaps the greatest thing that God hides is our sin. Oh, he hides our sin. He blots it out with the work of Calvary. 
never to be recovered again. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, I wish some people really believed that. I wish some of our people here really believed what I just told you, that your sin, when you repent of them, they are blotted out and they are forever forgotten. They are erased. God said, I don't remember them anymore. Now, why, if God has forgotten them, do you keep hanging on to them? Why do you keep allowing your flesh to beat you up and beat you down and condemn you over something you did 20 years ago? There are some people that are struggling tonight because of something that happened 25 years ago in their life, and they're still living under the darkness and the shadow of that experience and allowing it to beat them down. You need to stand up and step to the front and say, you know what? I am a child of the King. I have been blood bought and my sins have been forgiven. And when he forgave them, he said, I will also forget them. And so he hides our sin so that they can never be recovered. And not only that, so that they can never be used against us again. At least not in his part we can use them against each other and we often do God said I I want to show you a better way the struggle that makes us co-laborers with him we are the finishers of what God has started he began a good work in us he gives us coal we have to dig out and gold that we have to dig out and oil that has to be drilled for And he gives us a Savior, but he said, seek him. Seek him while he may be found. Life is not a movie to be watched, folks. It is not a spectacle to be gazed on. It is an experience to enjoy and live because God's hand is on your life. God hides to help us. He veils so that we will not Shudder in fear and not give in to the inevitable or what appears to be the inevitable. To evoke and exercise our slumbering powers and potential, God hides because He knows what's in all of us. And He'd never get it out if we didn't have to go through a struggle. Through it all. I said through it all. Somebody ought to stand to your feet right now and say, you know what? Through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust my God. Through it all. Through it all. Through it all. Through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. I've learned to depend upon His power, His hand upon my life. Through it all. Through it all. Through it all. If I never had a problem, how would I know that God could solve them? If I never had a trouble, how would I know that He is such a great troubleshooter? Amen. Oh, if I didn't have the struggle, I would lose the beauty of life. You know why some people are just so wonderfully radiant in beauty? I look around and I see some of our elders and and I tell our ladies this often, how beautiful they are, and they are to me. They're beautiful because of all they have gone through 
and all they have endured. And they still smile and they still worship. I saw Sister Madden this morning. She's been so sick. Came to church. I remember Brother Madden. Brother Buddy, you mentioned him this morning. There was never a service that went by that when I got through preaching, he didn't come by and pump my arm and my ears for 30 minutes about something that the Lord quickened to him while I was preaching. And I'm telling you, folks, he heard some bad sermons. But somehow in all of that, he, he always found something good. There was such a radiance. There was such a glow about their life because of all they've gone through. You would think that they'd had a bed of roses and that everything had been perfect. You would think that everything had been going their way, but they had a hard life. They've had hard things to deal with. I've seen parents, I've seen parents with healthy kids that gripe and bellyache about everything that goes on. Nothing the church does is ever right. I've seen families with kids who have disabilities, struggles, bring their kids and are so glad that there's a place for their kids to be. I've seen parents with kids who have disabilities come and faithfully lift their hands and worship and praise God for His goodness. And somebody else is sitting across the pew and they're bent out of shape and they've got healthy kids. They don't have anything to complain about, but that's all they ever do. My God, save me from that kind of life. Get me away from that kind of person. Oh, Lord, I'm telling you, there's just some things I cannot stomach, and that's one of them. None of us deserve to be here tonight. None of us really have any right to claim anything special. We're all here by the grace of God. Brother Cox, I think about you and the men that work with you and Sister Vicki and the other ladies that work in Acts. I remember about your own personal life story and how God brought you from a sitting on a bar stool to standing before men and teaching them the principles of life. You know what? Only God could do that kind of thing. Only God. Only God. Only God. Only God. Brother Cox always has something good to say. Amen. And I know life isn't always good. It's not always perfect. You struggle through things. But I like I like it when people realize that there's something in that struggle that's going to be for my good. And it may be hard right now, but, but it's going to be better after a while. Amen. Through it all, I said through it all, I've learned to trust Him. I've learned to depend on His Word. Oh, friend, tonight, quit whining and crying about your situation and just thank God that you're in a situation. We could have buried you this week. We could have. Bless God, I feel like I'd be better off dead. No, if you you got that kind of attitude, you wouldn't be better off dead. Oh, thank you, Lord. Through it all. Through it all. Why don't you reach over and take somebody by the hand that you're with and let's pray together. God, I, I don't know all about what all is going on in the lives of people. But I know we're all involved in a struggle tonight. 
I know that all of us are going through hard times, trying times. I know that everybody has felt the pressure and the pinch economy. Gasoline prices going through the roof. Cars breaking down. Furniture not working and and refrigerators going out. And all of those things that add to the pressure of life. But somehow God through it all, through it all you have kept us. I want to thank you for that tonight. I want to thank you Lord that when it looked like I would never rise again. I came out from under that pile of rocks that the world had thrown at me and on me. I rose up to come back again. Oh, yes, Lord. I'm back again. I'm bleeding. I may be a little broken up. I may be limping. But I'm here. Oh, yes, I'm here. And I'm here just to thank you for your hand that has led me, that has directed me that has kept some things from me. You've hidden some things from my life, not to frustrate me, but to bless me. Not to make me angry, but to make me anxious to know what it is that God has. God, most of all, I am thankful that you have seen me through every trial, every trouble. And I want to say to somebody tonight, Lord, I want to pray for somebody tonight that God can keep you through anything. He can keep you through anything if you'll learn to trust Him. If you'll learn to trust Him. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, through it all. Yes, through it all. Well, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Oh, I've learned to trust my God.